Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes And we're back <laughs> Hello everybody My name is Stephen Johnston And my name is Jesse Titus And this is American Brews and Tunes Oh yeah uh, this is episode number 97. 97. Two more weeks and then it'll be episode 100. That's right. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Oh, we'll have to wait. Just name it a few weeks. Yeah, true. <laughs> it'll be worth it, though. Hopefully. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah. For us, at least. I it's going to be great. I don't know about for anyone else. It'll be a, a, an historic moment. I, I don't know. It will be a historic moment. Is that how you say it? Do you say an historic moment or a, stor- a, a historic moment? Both are technically correct. Um, people started using "an" because the uh, the Brit- British pronunciation for historic was historic. Historic. It's an, an historic. historic. An historic. Yeah. So the, that would breaks up the vowel. Not the a um, historic. That breaks up the vowels. An historic. Yeah. But if you're not an doing historic. that, if you pronounce the H, it's a historic. A historic. A historic. But if you said an historic, no one's gonna fight you. Nobody's gonna. Ever I mean, somebody might that. fight you if they really are crazy. There you are know? people who are crazy about grammar. There are people who are crazy about everything. True. Just steer clear of the crazies. That's what we do in American Brews and Tunes. If we see a crazy, we say, <laughs> we say pass. See you later. See you later. We say, get out of here. Leave, please. Yeah. But I'll tell you what's not crazy. The album that we have reviewed this week, <laughs> which is The Nashville Sound by Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. Oh, yeah. Uh, quite a different album for, for what we normally review. Yeah, definitely. It's dipping our toes of... into the country folk. Yeah, yeah, country folk. I would say a little bit of rock and roll, too. A little bit. A little bit, but not little too bit. much. Yeah. But uh, before we touch on that, let's touch upon some beer, shall we? Yeah. Um, this is a, this is an interesting one. Yeah. We're, this is a brewery which we have never had on the podcast before. And they're local Nashville brewery. Yes. The brewery is called Barrique, and it's spelled B-A-R-R-I-Q-U-E. Almost like Baroque, but Barrique. 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 They do brewing and blending, so they they blend a lot of fruits and I guess a lot of batches to to mix things. Hmm. They age things in various barrels. They do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, lots of sours, lots of fruited beers. Yeah. Um, this week we have one of their beers called the Wet Hop Basique. Uh, it is I think a. That's how you spell it. I mean, say it. Say I think so. It's spelled B A S I Q U E. Basique. Basic. That yeah, sounds French. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a Frenchman. Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not knowledgeable in in uh, parlez-vous les Français. All you have to know about the French language is that you do not pronounce any vowels. This is or true. Consonants. I also know um, <laughs> le petit fromage. Ah yes, the small cheese. Yeah, they, at Kroger <laughs> there used to be a section in the cheese department where it said le petit fromage, and it was like little. Um, cuts of cheese that were under five bucks. Hmm. I think now they they've switched it to some stupid thing like cheap cheese or something like that. <laughs> Le petit fromage was so they, much better. They got rid of the fancy the yeah. fancy French wording yeah, and just said so dumb. Nobody else knows what le petit fromage means. So I do, and I got excited. I don't even speak French. <laughs> Anyways, back to wet hop basique. This is a sour citrus ale aged on fresh Idaho wet hops. Sounds I interesting. don't. I think we've probably had a wet hop IPA on here before, but as yeah. a refresher, um, typically when you brew beer, you use hop pellets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks kind of like hamster food or it fish does. food. It, it literally does. Yeah, it's a compressed like cylindrical small tube shape. Yep. Um, and they're probably what, what's the size? Like half the size of a marble, maybe. 
even smaller probably. Yeah, depending on the just marble. Very, very teeny little pellets. Just if if you've ever uh, fed a hamster, yeah, that's, ex- it looks exactly, exactly like, like hamster that. food. It's because hops don't last very long when they're harvested. They're they're not fresh for very long, so they turn yeah. it. Um, they get hop extract and they they use the hop flowers and they put it into a uh, a pellet form. A pellet form, yeah, so that it it so will it can, last. Uh, yeah, it can last, and you can still use it and get all the flavors. It's great, yes. um, but what what people do for wet hopping is when they use the flowers themselves, not mm-hmm. the pellets. So it's fresh hops. You only have a small window that you can actually use these. Um, and I don't think hops are native to Nashville. Um, Probably not. I remember I seeing no idea, on Barik's Instagram page, they had posted where they got the hops from. It was probably from Idaho, since it says fresh Idaho 7 wet hops. Okay, yeah. Um, but you could see this massive amount of just hop flowers everywhere, and it looked awesome. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty excited to, to try this. It's, yeah, same here. It's about to pop. We've it's got, got a cork in it. So it's going to be a nice little... Nice little... Ooh! <laughs> I don't think, have we ever uncorked a, a beer in here before? I think so. I can't um, remember. Maybe with some stone beer? Perhaps. Maybe? Or, uh, yeah, I don't know. But Perhaps this... not, but I am, I'm pretty excited to try this beer. Um, I haven't had too many sours in my time, uh, just mainly because I'm not the biggest fan of sours. Yeah, um, sours can be... A bit much sometimes. It, yeah, it all really depends on the sour, I guess. Yeah, it's got to be done really good, done right, and it's got to be complex because yeah. a lot of it can just be tart and no substance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, too but many it, of them are just like, "Hey, we made a, I don't know, a lemon sour, or whatever," and then you drink it and it's just like, "Oh, that tastes like a like a uh, warhead candy." And it's not very good, and it's annoying. But this one, since it's wet hopped, I am pretty excited to try it. It'll have some more stuff going on. And see if it's maybe a little bit more balanced, a little bit less on the sour side. So we'll see. One of my favorite sour beers is the Victory Sour Monkey. Yes. Um, It's it's based on the Golden Monkey, which is their... uh, What is that? It's their Belgian Triple. Their Belgian Triple, yeah. So this is like a Belgian... Sour Belgian Triple. It's quite nice i like that beer a lot and i don't have it too terribly often but whenever i see it i like to get it i think it packs yeah. in a punch of like 10 percent or something so it's oh geez. you only have like one of the, one of those and then you need to sit down for a while yeah this one is only six percent so yeah, it's so not it's not quite there much more palatable sessionable yeah. yeah definitely much more palatable i get a lot of uh sal- like tartness on the nose yeah a lot of tartness on the nose yes tart citrus not really smelling hops. Yeah, very much. I'm curious if we're gonna taste hops. Same here. It kind of just smells like a sour right now. Yeah, it does. Um, color-wise, it kind of looks like an IPA. It's like a dark, dark uh, straw, yeah, like amber a dark color, wheat, yeah. dark wheat color, and it's kind of hazy. I can't really see. Pretty bubbly. It. Yeah, it is. Very carbonated. It's not transparent. No. But anyway, let's as we uh, always say, let's give it a cheers and try the beers and tunes. She better be down the barrique wet hop hatch. Mmm. <laughs> I mean, it's immediately huh. sour, but then there's a lot more going on. Yeah, there definitely is. Like, you get the, the think, overtones of the sourness, but... I think I did get a slight bitterness. I wouldn't equate it with wet hops. I could taste a slight bitterness 
right in the middle. Yeah. And then I'm left with citrus. Yeah. The citrus is almost like, actually it tastes a lot like lemon. Yeah. Not like, not like the sourness, but like of the actual fruitiness. Of the yeah. Lemon. Like if you were to actually, you know, like have a slice of lemon and just bite into that. It definitely tastes like that mm. at the end. That's pretty nice. That's a good beer. I like it a lot. Uh, since it's summer right now, this is perfect. I think like a really, really good sour. Uh, or even the beer we had, I think it was last week, that um, that Saison that we was aged for a long time, the Brett Saison. Yes. Um, that was tart and fruity. Perfect for a 90-some degree summer day in oh, Nashville. Yeah. yeah, this would definitely be perfect and this is if great. we were outside. Yeah, I'd like to sit on a, a, a rocking chair just enjoying this. Um, but I, I like this a lot. I really want to try some more stuff from them. Yeah, same. I mean, they're always posting um, pictures of harvesting like raspberries and and all kind oh, of really? fruit. Yeah, they, they, Interesting. They just get like I don't know if it's local, but they're they're always posting like the fresh stuff that they they hmm. use in their beers. Well, if you're in Nashville, check them out. Yeah, Barrique. B B A R R I Q U E. Bring and blending. It's right down the road from various artists. Oh, is off it off of Elm Hill? Okay, right near where I used to work at Boar's Head. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, their former location. Check them out, though. It's, uh, this is a pretty good uh, beer. I don't know if it's an accurate representation of what all their beers taste like. Uh, if it is, I'm on board. I think this is pretty good. Sorry, I'm just taking like small sips and mm-hmm. leaving, leaving it, letting it sit in my mouth to try to try to pick out any hops. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm hoping as it warms up. You might be able to. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not hoppy like i was hoping. i feel like i feel like maybe it just kind of balances out the tartness it very well could hops. be yeah because typically hops balance out sweetness so maybe this helps with tartness maybe all right let's move on to the music um if the flavor profile of this beer changes as if it warms up which sometimes happens with with uh good beers we'll yeah. let you know otherwise let's uh proceed yeah jason uh, isbel in the nash and the 400 unit the nashville sound the nashville sound this is came the out album, in yep. 2017 yep um, it was the sixth studio album from Jason Isabel. Um, it was the third, however, to be billed with his band, The 400 Unit. Okay, okay. I think typically they're always his backing band, but he hasn't always put them in the name. Oh, okay. For, which is strange to me. I'm sure there's an explanation. I just haven't seen it. Um, I didn't yeah. do my... Maybe I just didn't do very good research. Whoops. Who knows? Um, but this was a follow-up to his 2015 release, Something More Than Free, which won a Grammy yes. for the Best Americana album. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, the Nashville Sound also won the Grammy for the Best Americana Album. That's good. He's on a roll. Maybe his next one will It's win. already out. Yeah, it just came out this year. Yeah. So maybe that'll be, if there's Grammys, I, uh, who knows. I still have to listen to that album. It's pretty good. It's different than this one, but similar in some ways. Okay. You just got to check it out to find out. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, this album is more rock-influenced than his previous albums. Yes. Um, not to say that it's a rock record. It's definitely not. Because you still have, you still have like violins and you still have um, slide guitar. Yes, um, very much southern sounding and folk sounding and yeah, country sounding. And, and you still got like the, uh, you know, like in most country, it's mainly like an overdriven like strat Stratocaster or Telecaster. Yeah, it's not not it's active not like pickups. A, yeah, through uh, lines through like, like a, a line a distorted six, or like line a Marshall. Six. Yeah. It's so Mesa yeah. Boogie. That's what I was looking for. Like Sorry, <laughs> what we're what I'm saying is that um, this definitely is country. The, it's like, got the tones of a country band. Yeah, it's overdriving. Not, it's definitely not rock and roll. Agreed. The way that people would normally classify rock and roll. Here's Jason Isabel uh, explaining with Rolling Stone how this album, like the sound, the rock sound of this okay. album, compared to his previous works. 
If I could write rock and roll songs on purpose, I'd do it all the time. <laughs> but most of what I write comes out slow and sad because that's most of what I listen to. It was sort of a happy accident. I was just trying to make a record where my life is and write the best songs I can. It just so happened that almost half of this record were songs that were up-tempo and loud. That's what they wanted to be, so that's what I let them be. I mm. never fight that. Huh. So he didn't intentionally do cool. it. It just, that was where he was at musically. Yeah, I like that. Personally. Um, and it, he let them be. Yeah. Instead of trying to slow them down or emotionalize them. Yeah, in different interesting. Ways. I like that. Yeah. Um, before we get into the mean potatoes, there is a note that uh, he does write autobiographical stuff a lot, but he also writes storytelling stuff about characters other than himself. Okay. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate if you're not really paying attention, but there are clear times when he's definitely not talking about himself, and sometimes he is. Okay. Yeah. Um, this album, I don't know what your first experience with Jason Isbell, but... This um, album, yeah, at my, at my job, I work in music licensing, um, and I used to see his poster every day. Oh, really? Uh, and I was like, he was a hipster. Like, I was like, he probably makes some hipster music. I have no idea because his <laughs> he's got he wore like a uh, slim fit suit, and his hair was always slicked back with yeah, that, that yeah. cut. Um, and I was making a trip to Grimes to buy like a Jawbreaker record or something. Yeah. And um, you know how they have the the top like a list of the, the top records that are selling. Yeah. His was number one for weeks and weeks. So I was like. Maybe it's popular for a reason. I'll, I'll just buy it. It's like take yeah. ten bucks for a CD. Why was that, not? Was that this album, the the Nashville, the Nashville sound, sound? Yeah. Okay. So I picked it up. It was only a couple months after it was out. Otherwise, I, I probably wouldn't have got it. And I was just like, yeah, maybe it's worth it. And huh. I ended up quite liking it a lot. Nice. So I'm glad that I picked that up on a whim. Otherwise, I don't know if I would have. Probably would have slept on Jason Isbell more. Well, you probably would have seen whenever Frank Turner was touring with him. Probably. Maybe then I would have checked him out because yeah. usually when bands I like. Like, tour with bands you don't know yeah i'll, I'll check them out just yeah, to see for sure and sometimes it's really pays off this time it did yeah all right let's dive in shall we we shall track number one is called the last of my kind i gave it a rating of three and a half bells jason is bells <laughs> gosh i gotta get my rating system back um it's a great folk storytelling song um, yeah not sure maybe this is about himself I'm not. It might be partially. Um, it's about like growing up in a small rural town mm-hmm. and moving to the city. Um, yep. It sounds like he moved for college or something. Yeah, uh, maybe for music. Who knows? Um, but he really doesn't fit in. Like he's tried the college, he's tried drugs, tried all kind of things, and it's not not working out for him. He's really not fitting in. It it almost seems like he's telling the story of like the modernization of culture, I guess, and like he um, is more. In the past? In the past, yeah. Maybe he feels like he's behind. Yeah. Because he, like, talks about how the kids at college, like, laughed at his boots and laughed at his jeans. Yeah. And everything that he said was either funny or wrong. It's not current. Yeah. It's weird. I, I like the line <laughs> when um, nobody here dances like me, everybody claps Clapping on the, on the one, one and the threes. threes. Yeah. Um, and the ones and the threes are the downbeats. And so you expect to clap on the downbeats, I guess, right? Yeah, but normally you clap on two and four. Right. True. Yeah. So he's used to clapping the correct way, I guess. On the two, on the two and the four. Probably because I'm just guessing he's used to dancing at like line dances or square dances. Maybe. And I imagine everyone just sitting there clapping, <laughs> flapping their arms and <laughs> flapping their. Take arms. your partner, swing them round, well, go and do si do. Yeah, they're around. There's something, something. Such an interesting oh thing gosh. that I've never really experienced, but I always kind of wanted to. Square at square dancing, right? Yeah, where you got like the leader who's calling out the moves, and it's yeah, just, you got a live band. 
It's like I've I've never come from that. It's very different to me. It uh, it, it would probably be kind of fun. I think it would be right. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I I really like this song. It's um, a really good intro to the album. Yeah, for sure. Mainly just uh, vocals and guitar. It's a mm-hmm. slower folk song. Well, mid tempo folk, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on to track number two, which is my first recommendation, One uh, of I get songs five out of five bells. Uh, the Cumberland Gap is what this is called. Cumberland Gap. Yeah, this is probably my this this is the first song that I heard from this album. And it's, I don't know if it's my favorite song on the album, but it might be. It's up there for me. I remember when I, the first time I listened to this, I was like, whoa. This is where, That's when the rock comes, this is the rock. Yeah, rocks. this is where you hear that overdriven, I'm assuming, Telecaster. Probably. But it could be a Stratocaster. Yeah, there's no pictures of guitars on the cover, so no. who knows. But yeah, you get that classic like Fender, like more overdriven than country normally is, so that's kind of why I lean towards rock a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got but, a uh, great hook in the chorus. Maybe the hook. Cumberland Gap just swallowed you whole. I was I really like the vocal production on here too. Lots mm-hmm. of reverb. Yeah, like lots every, of reverb, but it's not like drenched in reverb. Though. No, no, it's just it's pretty well spaced. It sounds like live reverb, what you would hear at a, a venue. Yeah, yeah, it's done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, this song's about like a probably a coal mining town because he references i think coal drying up at some point in time. yeah his uh you're his dad working yeah. in the coal mines so either that or like a poor town um somewhere in the cumberland gap which is typically around tennessee kentucky and virginia yep um and how the area is depressed and the people really can't escape it they can't escape the area or the poverty yeah um, it's kind of a cycle like you talked about his dad wanting more than just mouths to feed but yeah he was stuck and yep. how everyone kind of follows that and everyone who's there is just getting swallowed by the Cumberland Gap. Yeah, it's almost like a a bigger bigger picture. Like everybody's has their own fate. Yeah. And if you're born in the Cumberland Gap, like you're just kind of stuck there. Yeah. Is almost what he's saying, which I think is really interesting. I like the line when he's talking about the whatever that local dive bar is. I I can't remember what he calls it. Yeah. The Wild. Viper Lounge or something. Wild something. Mustang Lounge. Mustang Lounge. Uh, but he says, and if you don't sit facing the window, you could be in any town. Yeah. And that kind of sums up a lot of what he's saying there. It's just a anywhere in the Cumberland Gap, they've all got that same bar. It all looks the same, same yep. crowd. Yeah. Um, but really good song. But yeah, that song is just so catchy. It really is. It's so good. Moving on. Yeah. To track number three, which I gave four out of five bells. The song is called Tupelo. Tupelo. I like this song a lot. It's it is good. They they ease back the energy a little bit to a more yeah. country sounding song. There's violins. Do, 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 I think it's a violin do, that do, plays that do, motif, do, do, do. right? I think so, yeah. Or is it a slide guitar? I think it again. might be a slide guitar. Yeah. But this song is about um him wanting to go back to Tupelo, Missouri. I mean not not Missouri, sorry, Mississippi. Yeah. One of the M states that one I, of the M states, I know yeah, nothing I just, about. <laughs> it was M I too. Yeah, M I S S actually. Missouri, Is there a Missouri River. Missouri River, yeah. There's a Mississippi River, so you could have Man, gone with I, either. I just got my M I M I S is mixed up. Yeah, he's he's got lady problems and life problems that he's dealing with, yeah. and he just wants to go back to Tupelo or go mm-hmm. to Tupelo. Go oh, to Tupelo. He says like once I get out of this hole, I'm going back to Tupelo. Yeah. I think it's a grass is always greener kind of situation with what yeah, he's saying here. Yeah, it does def- definitely seem like there's, that. There's a girl in Tupelo who he's singing about. Who's, who will treat her treat him fair. Yeah, but I think once he gets there, it's going to be the same situation. Yeah. What it sounds like. But this is a really good, really, really catchy song. Yeah, this song is a really good, uh, it's got a a really good song to um, like appreciate the, like his songwriting. Yes. And the way that they structure their songs. Um, there's nothing like crazy or, or different about how they structure their songs, 
but the way the chord choice and how the melody flows from the verses to the chorus mm-hmm. and then to the bridge it just all works really well together yeah. and the chorus is super catchy yeah. yeah there ain't no one from there who will follow me here there ain't no one from there that'll follow me there yeah. very good song Moving on to to switch up gears big time. The song's called White Man's World, and I give it four to five bells. I like this song a lot. Yeah. Um, it's really good. This song touches upon his his uh, recognized privilege of being white and being a man, which yeah. is pretty bold for a quote-unquote country artist. Yeah. I would say. Uh, Especially doing it in 2017 before all the 2020 stuff where, I hate to say this, but before it was trendy to talk about these things. And yeah. I... I say that because I'm a little jaded of seeing people do it who I... I don't want to say people are doing it to, for, like, PR, but I feel like there a are lot of, certain groups I mean, that's, that I that's won't whole, name. That's the whole reason why companies change their logo to Rainbow during Pride Month. Yeah. Is it real you know? or is it just because everyone else is doing it and they, it just seems, they need to it do it It seems like a lot of... Not, not necessarily people, but companies are probably yeah. forcing it. This wasn't the trend in 2017, and Jason Isbell didn't need to write a song like this. Yeah. But he did. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's pretty much sums up, um, I guess the time that we're living in right now. I agree. Not yeah. like completely, but I guess from a white male perspective. Yeah, I I read uh, some of the notations where they cited some interviews, and he's saying this is not a place from white guilt, but him just needing to put himself in check because if yeah. you don't, then nobody will. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really pretty good. Um, yeah, it's almost it, kind of bluesy. Yes. In a way? It's definitely bluesy, and it kind of stands out on that sound. Yeah, it does. Um, and he, I think at the beginning of the song, he kind of talks about his ignorance to it, because he's talking about how his daughter's going to grow up to yeah. do whatever she wants until his but wife mom, corrects yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also talks about his, his, his wife, and he says, Mama wants to change that Nashville sound, but they're never going to let her, because mm-hmm. his wife in real life is a musician as well. Oh, really? Um. I think she does some solo stuff, but she's also in his band. Okay. Uh, but he also talks about Native Americans um, yeah. telling racial jokes and yeah. uh, regretfully laughing. Yeah. Um, but touches upon a lot of things that you wouldn't expect from this kind of music. Yeah, definitely. Whenever I first heard this song, I was like, oh. Yeah, same here. I was like the one one line that you were just referencing. Uh, I'm a white man living on a white man's street mm-hmm. at the bones of the red man under my feet. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, he talks about how he wish he how he wishes he was just wasn't one of the guys. Yep. How, telling like you know racially sensitive jokes and um, it's uh it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my favorite line from the song is uh is the chorus when he talks about um uh, what is it? Hold on. Yeah. Well, while he's say, looking up the chorus, I just like the ending a lot. Where he says, maybe it's the fire in my little girl's eyes. Yeah. And I think he's maybe referencing that she's got it. He, he thinks she's got the drive to maybe overcome some of these things. Or that he's hopeful for her. Um, but either way, I, I just really like how he touches upon that as the closing. Maybe it's the fire in my little girl's eyes. Yeah. Oh, so I got the lyrics. Um, this, the chorus, is uh, is very relevant to today. Uh, he says, there's no such thing as someone else's war. Your creature comforts aren't the only things worth fighting for. Still breathing, it's not too late. We're all carrying one big burden, sharing one fate. So the your creature comforts aren't the only things worth fighting for. Just reminds me of all the people who are like, 
I want a haircut. <laughs> like during this, uh, yeah, during the pandemic. Yeah, there are and other like things. How, like there are other things that are bigger than, than that, bigger than your creature comforts that you're wanting to maintain. Yeah, lots of social justice in this song. Very, very yeah. well done. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to my favorite song on the record, which I recommended and gave five out of five. Jason Isabel's. You should have given it six out of five. Um, all right, six out of five, Jason Isabel's. This song's called If We Were Vampires. Probably the best song on the album. I would agree. Maybe his best song in general. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe um, one of the best songs ever. S- slow acoustic song, super poignant. Yeah. Um, it's a very sad love song talking about how um, he and his wife only live for a while, as everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's got a finite amount of time. Um, and it's in contrast to the cliche thing. It's usually like we're in love and... It's going to um, last forever. I, w- I wish we were eternal or I wish we could spend the rest of the world together. Like we're yeah. going to be together forever. Yeah. Um, this is saying if, if we were together for forever, or as he says, if we were vampires, we wouldn't have to worry about dying and really things would be and pointless. Yeah, yeah, there's no urgency. It wouldn't mean anything then. Yeah. So he, he says it, maybe time running out is a gift. Uh, and that's pretty much the theme of the song. So he's got little moments like a little amount of time to share these moments with his wife so every every moment counts like he says yeah. if uh if we're vampires blah 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 like i wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand yeah so even something as small as holding your hand wouldn't be as important if they had all the time in the world yeah so it's it's a really really nice song and the chorus really gets me every time because mm-hmm. he talks about uh um knowing that this can't go on forever likely one of us will have to spend some days alone Maybe we'll get 40 years together, but one day I'll be gone, one and one day, day you'll be, be gone. gone. Yeah. It's really, really sad. It's like, but I don't know. But it it it's almost happy. is happy. Like, yeah, because he's, he's saying, like, I, I need to take every moment now. Because yeah, he's saying, like, because we don't have forever, that's what gives life meaning. Yeah. That's what gives our love meaning. Because yeah, yeah. I'm running out as a gift. Yep. Yeah. Really Just good song. Just a fantastic song. If, if you only listen to one song, check this one out. Yeah. Yeah. Or Cumberland Gap. Yeah. I wanted this... If we were vampires, would be my first dance. But Becca said no. She said too sad. <laughs> too sad. I can see that. Though. That would be a really good first dance song, but in I, my opinion. I feel I, I do too. But I feel like a lot of people listening would be like, oh. <laughs> in the audience would be like, this oh. is sad. <laughs> but I would, I would be like, it's happy though. <laughs> it would be giving them anxiety. Yes, it would. Which brings us to our next song, which is aptly titled Anxiety. I gave it yes. five out of five bells. And it's great song. My next recommendation. Anxiety. How do you always get the best of me? We're back with the rock here. Yeah. Um, they pick up the tempo. They pick up pick up the energy. Um, and this song starts off and surprise ends with that jam. Yeah. It's just like such a, a jam. And it just makes me want to... Uh, <laughs> just like pump the pump your fist yeah i was surprised by this yeah. one when i uh heard it the first time Same. as well um, when i first listened to the album i was like i was surprised uh, by the rock and then i was surprised by the lyrics yes because again in popular quote-unquote country music uh i don't think you hear anything about like anxiety or like, like clinical men- depression mental, mental health yeah yeah um and that's exactly what he's talking about here mm-hmm. um, i don't know if it's his personal struggle or if he knows people with it or, or whatever I, I'm, I'm sure he has his anxieties Uh, but this song talks about how debilitating it could be Mm -hmm. Um, even if with your lover sleeping next to you he's wide awake and he's in pain yeah it's such a good song 
Yeah, and just a really another good showcase of his ability to write a really great melody mm-hmm. that works well. Yeah, you know, I just like how when the the, mu- the music like that jam the beginning comes out, it's straight into the chorus, mm-hmm. which is a, a a cool way to arrange the song. Yeah, yeah, it's a very unique arrangement for this, this this song in general. If you're looking at song structures, this is a uh, a different one. Yeah, but well done. I love this song. Check it out. Definitely. Moving on to track number seven, which I gave three out of five bells. The song is called Molotov. I like this song a lot. Strange, slightly bluesy vibe. There are some very interesting chord choices in this song. Yes, but it has a great melody. But I think that makes it very unique. Yeah. This song's about growing up and getting married. Um, And in the beginning, he's talking about all like his wild dreams he had to give up. Um, But in the end, he, he also realizes that she's given up dreams too. Yeah. Uh, I broke a promise to myself. Made a couple to a brown-eyed girl. Yeah, so he's you know, realizing that while he gave up his world. promises, he's made some bigger ones. Yeah. Um. So you may think it's like the sadness of your dreams that never were, but I think he's realizing that, like, you know, we've, we've sacrificed together for something bigger. Yeah. And it's it's really a nice song. Weird vibe, though. Mm-hmm. Do do do. That, just that that like guitar motif is so strange. Yeah, very unique sounding. Definitely. Yeah, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to another strange sounding song. Yeah. Um, this song is called Chaos and Clothes. I gave it three point five out of five bells. Um, and though he is currently caught up in scandal and is potentially a problematic person, um, I haven't looked into it too much. Um, this song is a helpful message to Jason Isabel's recently divorced friend Ryan Adams. Oh. So it's specifically written to him. Oh, okay, interesting. During one of his dark dark times of being Ryan Adams. Divorced. What else was he in? Uh so he was a solo artist. Oh okay. top of my head I can't think of any um of his songs. I know he's pretty popular with like Americana rock, I okay. say. Uh I know people love him, but also he's I think in some weird scandals with Hmm. being somewhat abusive or girls i, I don't know oh, i haven't looked into it and i'm not going to comment on it i'm just saying yeah I, neither have there's I. been stuff in the news that i am not knowledgeable about so just just saying that that's there anyways this gotcha. song is basically <laughs> just guitar and vocals yes it's got such a weird vocal doubling effect on mm-hmm. here it's like the first time i heard it, i was like i was really thrown off I was like this is i don't like this I didn't like it the first time. It grew on me because there's some weird blues notes. You're in the fight of the death, my friend. Yeah. And those... Do, 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 do. Yeah. I'm like, he's going to go pirate, but no. It's that yeah. blues note. The blue note, I think is what they call it. I think. Is it the tritone? Mm-hmm. Is that the blue note? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But it's it's a really cool note. Yeah. Um, and it's... If it you're in a dark, well. if you're in a dark place trying to struggle through something, you can take the themes from this song and, and apply it. Yeah. It's vague enough that you don't have to attribute it to Ryan Adams. You can take it for your own struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, good song though; it's pretty cool. Moving on to the penultimate track, this song is called "Hope the High Road." I gave it four point five out of five, and it's an honorable mention. Oh, yeah, um, another rockier song. Yeah. Yes, um, that overdriven guitar is back. Um, and the melody is fantastic. Um, is this the... Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Last year was a SOB. Well, this came out in 2017, so he's talking about 2016. Oh, you're right. Which was the election of Trump. 
Okay. Um, yeah. But he also talks about uh, it was a bad year for all everyone we knew. Yeah. Um, in 2016, we lost Prince, David Bowie, Leonard Cohen, Merle Haggard, and way more. Oh, wow. Yeah. That okay. was a bad year for for music. Yeah, I really like the way he delivers that line though. Yeah. Last year was a ton of. A- yeah, it's so right here. I'm like, so is this year. <laughs> if only you knew what was coming, Jason Isabel. Yeah, seriously. Oh, man. But um, yeah, I, I love this song. Um, he gets a little self-referential here in a good way when he says, I've had enough of the white man's blues. I've yeah. sang enough about myself. Yep. So if you're looking for some bad news, you can find it somewhere else. Because yeah. that's him talking about how this record is a little different. Yeah. Um, and I think after that, he talks about... Being Stuck in a Ditch, which is a reference to one of his older songs. Hmm. Uh, but I don't know the song, so I'm not going to talk about it. Gotcha. Um, I'll dive into his back catalog some more. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to as well. Same as these. Um, there's also a great guitar solo in here. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good guitar solo. Slide good, guitar. Yeah. Great tone. It's just yeah. fantastic. Yep. Uh, moving on to the last song on the record, which I gave four to five bells. This song is called Something, Something to, to Love. Love. This is a good song to end it on. Yes. And just album, as I mean. this album started with a more traditionally folky song it ends with one and i'd yep. say this is probably the folkiest songs definitely it's got the fiddle um acoustic yes. guitar and almost has it start of like you are my sunshine the guitar like playing almost when when it comes in yeah i almost go there and then the song <laughs> changes um yeah this song is is basically about how if you're kind of struggling in life or like kind of searching for direction mm-hmm. he's basically saying like just find some something that you love to do and do it. Yeah. Because that'll help you through a lot of dark times. And more specifically, at least a lot of people have said this is written for his daughter as advice. Oh, okay. Um, he had, that makes had, sense, had a brand actually. new daughter around this time. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The chorus is, uh, which I think is the, the theme of the song, obviously, uh, I hope you find something to love, something to do when you feel like giving up, a song to sing or a tale to tell. Something to love, it'll serve you well. Yeah. Very nice song. Something to love, it'll serve, serve you well. 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 Um, and he has kind of like a sequel type song written to his daughter on the next album. Um, perhaps we'll touch upon that at another time. Really nice song. Um, I really liked his follow-up album, Reunions. Check it out if you want to. Or don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I would <laughs> recommend checking it out. Yeah. <laughs> what do we know? We're not doctors. No, we can't write prescriptions. We can write them, but they aren't legal. <laughs> <laughs> We can't legally write prescriptions. We can that? only give recommendations for music and beer. Yes. Because this is American Brews and Tunes. Yeah. Um, great, great album. This yeah. beer is pretty good. Just, any, uh, any flavor changes that you notice? Not really, to be honest. Let me give it one more try. Mm-hmm. Still solid. I mean, it's got that nice tartness. It's still not overbearing. Yeah. I say I, I still think there's a little bit of a bitterness in the middle, but it's not what I would expect from a wet hopped beer. There's definitely a bitterness in the middle. I think you're right. Um but it's not I wish it was just a little bit more powerful. Agreed. A little bit more present. Yeah. In the body of the beer. But but for all we know, maybe if though. we had tasted it without the hops, it would have been so overpowering True. Like, bitter exactly. uh, uh, exactly. tart wise. Yeah. So maybe they got the perfect balance. And this was bottled on or twenty two twenty of this year. Oh, so maybe maybe if, if you had it like right when they bottled it, maybe Perhaps. it would taste different. Perhaps, yeah. Because hops are usually once they once you brew a beer, I think if you want the freshest hop flavor, it's got to be within three or four months of bottling. Yeah, something along those lines. But this but is also aged overall, for a long time. Overall, it's a good beer though. Yeah, I'm and happy. overall, a fantastic album. 
Looking, um, looking forward to the next two episodes. Um, I am going to recommend an album for you by the band Boxcar Racer. Yes. A side project of Tom DeLonge and Travis Barker of only album. Blink-182 fame. And it's yes, it's the self-titled record, their only release. Um, it's it, definitely, I think you, it will uh, bridge the gap from Blink's uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and their untitled album. All right. I am looking forward to it. Yeah. What shall I listen to? <laughs> and, uh, you're going to be listening to Remo Drive's 2019 album. Natural Everyday Degradation. Oh, interesting. I, I am uh, yeah. somewhat familiar with the band. I've listened to their first record, which I believe is called Greatest Hits. Uh, probably. Isn't that uh, a, quite a title for your first record? <laughs> well, what is uh, um, Sum 41's record? All Killer, All no, killer filler. no Filler. Yeah. But yeah. that's not their first record. Oh, still. But still, even, yeah. even to name any album that. It's kind but of it also might be true funny. because a lot of times they'll talk about how bands first records can be their best yeah because they've had yeah. a lifetime to write those songs yeah and um, for the sophomore album they've got what a, maybe year, a year or two year and a half maybe yeah so it's true that's a good point you don't have the pressure yeah but yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to uh boxcar racer i i like tom DeLong and travis bizarre travis barker as well yeah so, so i think you'll like i'm excited it. to listen to it i'm excited to check out remo drive because i've liked what i've heard from them before so we'll see That'll be episodes 98 and 99, and following that is episode 100. 100. We'll have some fun stuff going on for that. Yes, we will. You'll know as soon as we know. Psych, we already know. (laughs) Um, Anyways, um, hope that you guys liked the episode. If you want to give us questions, comments, give us an album to recommend that we review, hit us up on any of the social medias, American Brews and Tunes, or you can send us an email at AmericanBrewsandTunes at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's... uh, Finish this beer. Let's finish this beer, shall we? As we always say on American Brews and Tunes, down the episode 97 hatch. (laughs) (sighs) Once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Don't fall asleep on the subway. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song, American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity beep